beyond infinity. Piers Cunningham is our intrepid COVID-19 reporter. And Piers, I was just sort of mulling over what we were speaking about last week. Here we were priding ourselves on this extraordinary example of Africa, namely that it didn't seem, or at least COVID-19 did not seem to be ravaging the great continent. But then, of course, in the space of a couple of days, we see this new mutation, this new variant. Good morning to you. What is going on, Piers? Yeah, I know. It's, I was thinking about that myself. It is ironic that we uh, were, were saying that so recently about Africa, and that's the origin of the Omicron variant, which is now it's all over the world. So uh, it's even been suggested it was in it was in uh, Holland before the announcement came out of South Africa. So this is the thing about these timelines that by the time the authorities actually wake up to what's going on, uh, it's too late. The virus is already uh, all over the planet, and in fact, it has been found all over the world, including Australia, unfortunately. There are some examples of some cases in New South Wales, which have been watched pretty closely by authorities there. There's also the possibility of a traveller who went down to Victoria or even other people who've returned from Southern Africa and wound up back in, in Victoria. So that, that uh, is, a, is a, an issue of concern. You know, while we do need to look at this more closely to get definitive information. The fear is because it's got these extra changes, like a lot of changes to the uh, to the outside of the virus, so the way to connect the interface with, with cells in the human body, that is changed. So that's one of the concerns they have, that it increases the transmissibility. Delta was already more transmissible than earlier variants, so this seems to be the, the way that the virus is evolving over time. And also the danger of it being more deadly there are genetic changes inside the virus which could make it more dangerous to people's health once once it's been contracted. But here, now, but here I'm confused though, Piers. I really am very, very conf- confused. And I think a number of experts are as well because I'm reading the latest out of the UK in which they're suggesting that really we should be expecting variations in COVID-19 anyway. This is just going to be part of its manifestation. And I'm very, very confused because Dr. Ugar Sahin, the guy behind Pfizer vaccination, he remains optimistic that his jab will be able to provide protection, yet um, Stefan Bansell, who is responsible for Moderna and set off this big flap in the United States in the last 40 hours, reckons that there's a material drop in the current jab's effectiveness. So it's even got the experts, the guys at the very forefront of coming up with vaccines very, very confused at the moment and putting out contradictory statements. Yeah, well, as I said, I think it's a bit early days. It's probably going to be a couple of weeks before they can really uh, get some some more in, you know detailed and, and reliable information out at the moment. There's kind of a, a, a panic, if you like, or a, a big reaction that's happening around the world because people just when they thought, particularly in Australia, you know we could open up, we could think about going places overseas for travel or travel bubbles with countries like the States or Europe or Japan or, or Singapore. All this is being thrown out. Countries are closing their borders out of a lot of it out of caution and out of fear. And markets, share markets, stock markets, equities and so on have been affected as well adversely. So there's a lot of fear out there. We will yet to know the absolute truth. I was reading in the Jerusalem Post, so the Israelis were pretty quick to close their border completely. You know, they've got very tight restrictions on, you know, getting tested and all that's been ramped up, as it has in other countries in the US as well. But Jerusalem Post is reporting that Pfizer is slightly less effective in preventing infection, but still quite effective, so 90% as opposed to 95% uh, for what they know of its effect with Omicron. 
they go on to say, 93% effective in preventing serious symptoms for those Israelis who've received a booster shot. Because Israeli got their Pfizer early, late last year, and so they've been... They had a big, uh, a big outbreak of Delta... Uh, in the, around the middle of, of this year, and uh, they realised, OK, the effectiveness of the Pfizer was waning, so they've gone for a third booster, and that's been very effective. So the people that they're talking about being uh, 93% uh, uh, effective for preventing serious symptoms are those who've had that third booster shot. But, uh, again, this is quoting the Jerusalem Post, in terms of the differences compared with Delta, 1.3 times more infectious than Delta... 2.4 times more likely for unvaccinated people to develop serious symptoms. Well, that's so, the, the... So this is this is early early data, and yep. it, it'll vary. I'm not saying this is definitive, but this is what's been published in the Jerusalem Post. And obviously, more more time is is needed to study this to get a more reliable picture. But it it makes sense. I mean, as you said, the the virus is going to keep mutating. That's that's known. And what, what some uh, epidemiologists were hoping is that you, you were going to get less deadly or, or at least the same uh, level of, of potential for serious health risks, but more transmissibility, because what that does is it actually gets more people to get it, which is kind of desirable, and you get more natural immunity that way. And so as long as you get, you're not getting more people getting even more sick or, or, or the vaccines losing protection ability then that's kind of a good thing because it's inevitable. It's what's going to happen. It's interesting, isn't it? And then, of course, is the reaction of the politicians that have got our best interests at heart. The super lockdown model, once again advocated by China this week. They reckon that that's the way to go. But then you see the United States, Biden ruling out using lockdowns to tackle Omicron. And here in Australia, of course, the Prime Minister suggesting that, uh, well, not to be too spooked and reassuring families that uh, they will be reunited at Christmas. And at the moment, lockdown is not a major agenda item. I'm sure they're considering it. But nevertheless, again, you know, we have this variation in treatment, variation in assessment and variation in policing and policing it. Apparently at the first meeting, I think it was on Sunday, when Omicron sort of first hit the headlines and there was a national cabinet meeting, I believe that uh, the majority of, of premiers were actually calling for uh, the country to be closed. So along the lines of what Israel uh, and Japan have done, and other countries have gone following, the, you know, going along that, that same sort of path, I think Singapore as well. But the feds are saying, well, no, we, we, we want to get more information before we go to those desperate measures. And, and obviously, you know, if those figures are right about, uh, about Pfizer only being slightly less in preventing infection, 90% against uh, Omicron and 93% effective in, in uh, preventing serious symptoms uh, for people who've been vaccinated or, or have had a booster if they need it, uh, then those uh, those are pretty encouraging numbers, and and for a country like Australia, which is getting to uh, you know well over ninety percent for for a lot of the place, and certainly over over eighty percent for for twelve and over, that's pretty encouraging, and and, and it would seem uh, not not cause for for us to be changing course dramatically from our strategy opening up. And indeed an epidemiologist or two would probably argue that it's too late to shut the barriers anyway because the thing's probably already within your country. I mean the Dutch have proven that 10 days prior to the South Africans recognising it. They reckon they were seeing samples on the 19th and the 23rd of November. Omicron was already in the Netherlands, dropped off at Amsterdam airport. It was already rife through the Netherlands. So why shut the gate if the thing is already out there? You're basically reacting to something that's uh, past history. 
state of complete. And and exactly the same thing happened with Delta, you know, that Andrew's government in Victoria, where we had all these lockdowns and all these severe measures to try to eliminate. New Zealand did the same thing. They abandoned elimination. That was in response to Delta, because Delta, the, the horse had bolted. And it could well be the same with Omicron, unfortunately. Well, at least the Dutch seem to be thinking that anyway. Some other interesting stats that I came across in the last 24 hours or so, thinking about you, Piers. Germany, Schultz, apparently, the new president over there, favouring mandatory vaccines amid the rise of COVID cases. Apparently, the Germans, only 68.5% have received the double shot. And an extraordinary figure coming out of Germany, 45,753 new cases of COVID-19 in the past 24 four hours, 452 cases per 100,000. They're doing it tough, the Germans. I'm so surprised. It does support the argument that vaccination is the best tool that we've got. That's the difference between 2020 and 21. We've got vaccinations and they are known to be not perfect because you're talking about a virus. There is no such thing as a perfect vaccination for, for, for most viruses, if not all. Even things like polio, there are there are, there are little outbreaks that are happening in the world now, and that was something we thought we'd vaccinated out of existence. So it doesn't doesn't work that way. Viruses continue; they have a have a nasty habit of of popping up and and rearing their ugly heads. So I think that that's what we have to expect is going to happen with this. You know, let's hope that if anything, it's a it's a, it's a clarion call for the world and particularly the the developed world where we have got higher vaccination levels to complete that process, get your population up to a a, you know the ninety percent mark or beyond, and then or simultaneously start thinking seriously about vaccinating the third world because that is where this began. South Africa is a country very sadly with a long term HIV problem. And that is an immunocompromising disease. The suggestion is that the person who originated Omricon in South Africa uh, may well have had, had, had HIV, and uh, and and that that's allowed these mutations to happen in a kind of an unchecked way. Whereas uh, a person with a, a strengthened immune system, all the benefit of that vaccination, would be able to fight the thing and, and give it less chance of, of mutating. You and I have talked about this in the past, in the context, for example, of, of Indonesia uh, ne- needing to uh, get its COVID problem under under control, because otherwise. It presents a problem for us in Australia, but also elsewhere in Southeast Asia and beyond of mutations happening. So I think that's the lesson. One is get vaccinated if you haven't already. Think about booster shots and vaccinate the third world. Absolutely. And I I totally agree with you, Piers, because if you look at it, I mean, basically, we saw this first presentation of uh, this Delta virus, COVID-19, come out of Wuhan or Asia or wherever it came. Then the next big manifestation was the the beta version, um, D. Delta came out of the Indian subcontinent, Omnicron coming out of Africa, and there's one great continent that still remains that we could chuck its weight behind a mutation, which is South America. We're yet to maybe see a manifestation come out of that, maybe the fifth or sixth instalment of a, a major worldwide manifestation. Let's see what happens. That's just one of my private it, it, little it, views. It, yeah, look, it's a possibility. I mean, there's, and it's, it's a long way to go. In, in you know, For example, in Africa, I think it's only six or seven percent of people are fully vaccinated in the whole continent. Is it a billion people who live in Africa, the whole place? Uh, It's a a very large population to vaccinate. It will take time. It'll probably take years, but it's something that's got to happen. And and I would have thought, you know, Australia with its its excess stores of uh, AstraZeneca uh, may not be as effective as as, uh, Pfizer, but who knows? I mean, we've also covered the, the possibility of there being quite a lot of vagueness about different vaccines at relative effectiveness. But uh, the bottom it, line is, 
they are effective, Moderna, Pfizer and AstraZeneca. And if we've got spare capacity, we should be sharing it with the unvaccinated world, the unvaccinated third world that need it. Indeed, and a few revelations about the efficacy of uh, Pfizer. It'll be very interesting to see how that goes in due course as well. Piers Cunningham, thank you so much indeed for bringing us up to speed on the latest uh, Omicron and uh, COVID-19 manifestation. We're going to book you for the same time next week if we may. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Beyond Infinity. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au, where you'll find our complete back catalogue of over 600 podcasts. That's beyondinfinity.com.au. One thing that is being looked at by governments is, uh, and by the Australian government, in particular federal government, is whether to bring forward the booster program in light of the new variant of, of COVID that has emerged from South Africa. Now, just a little bit of background in case you, you're interested. I mean, it's, it's kind of um, unbelievable we're even having this conversation right now, but uh, we are. So the reason it's called Omicron, it is a, a Greek letter um, and a, a Greek naming system for these variants. So we've had Delta, we've had Alpha, we've had other variants named uh, after Greek letters. Uh, they were going to use uh, NU, but then they decided it was too easily confused with Nu. Uh, and uh, and ZXI uh, was not used because it's a common surname uh, in China. And uh, who best practices for naming uh, new diseases developed in conjunction with uh, the FAO and OIE back in 2015 suggest avoiding causing offence to any cultural, social, national, regional, professional or ethnic groups. So that's according to the WHO in a statement they made about why it was called Omicron, O-M-I-C-R-O-N, Omicron. So it's been detected around the world. It's been detected in Sydney. It's been detected. It's likely to be in Victoria, but I don't think that's been confirmed yet. I haven't seen it's been confirmed yet. It's been brought in by travellers, most likely people coming from South Africa, because we have opened our borders up. Federal health authorities are going to review the booster program, as I mentioned in response. There are also cases in Canada, Belgium, Denmark, Holland, Hong Kong, Namibia, Botswana, the UK, and the USA. All this hinting at a very fast transmissibility and the latest reports I've seen are that uh, that there are signs that uh, these mutations that have occurred in the virus do make it significantly more transmissible. Uh, now, I think it's good for everyone to be patient about uh, drawing sort of firm conclusions about the impact of Omicron on, uh, on what happens here in Australia and elsewhere in the world, but particularly here in Australia, we have got a pretty high vaccination rate. What is not known yet is whether the virus can get around the protection that's offered either by natural immunity having been exposed and recovered from confirmed diagnosis of COVID in the past or from uh, being vaccinated with one of the vaccines that are on offer in Australia, so it's Moderna, Pfizer or the AstraZeneca. So that's yet to be discovered. We should know in about two weeks' time what the answer to that one is and then we'll have a better idea of what the impact of Omicron is. But it has been uh, designated a variant of concern and uh, Delta has that same designation from the WHO World Health Organization. One thing that uh, that cropped up is that uh, routine PCR tests for SARS COVID-19 were failing to detect a key target, the S gene, in many samples, a phenomenon previously seen with alpha. 
another variant of concern. When they sequenced eight of these viruses, uh, they found out why the genome was so heavily mutated that the test missed the gene entirely. And that's the case with Omicron. It is quite significantly altered from earlier variants. It's a little bit confusing, but it, it's spike protein, which latches onto cells on human receptors, has 30 amino acid differences from that of the original Wuhan virus. In addition, amino acids have disappeared in three places and new ones appeared in one place. Other proteins too have undergone changes. Many of the changes in spike around the receptor binding domain, the part of the protein that makes contact with the human cell. And uh, according to experts, this is very troubling. So the WHO response is to perform field investigations and laboratory assessments to better understand if Omicron has different transmission or disease characteristics or impacts effectiveness of vaccines, therapeutics, diagnostics or public health and social measures. The actions for people around the world from WHO are that individuals reduce the spread of COVID-19 virus uh, to keep potential physical distance at least one metre from others where possible, wear a well-fitting mask, uh, open windows to improve ventilation, avoid poorly ventilated or crowded spaces, keep your hands clean, cough and sneeze into a bent elbow or tissue and get vaccinated when it's time for you to do so if you haven't already done so. So that's kind of an international advice that's being issued and one thing uh, that, uh, that has also come out of reading into this this uh, Omicron story is that it emerged in South Africa where a lot of people have got HIV, so they're immunocompromised because of HIV, and the individual uh, where the mutation for Omicron uh, has arisen likely was uh, heavily immunocompromised, and hence this um, the ability for the virus to make such a big change to earlier variants. So we're just going to have to wait and see what uh, what happens. Israel, a country which has been ahead of the curve in terms of getting people vaccinated, they got hold of a, a big supply of the Pfizer vaccine uh, late last year, vaccinated the whole population, then they've done a, a kind of reboost or a, a big booster campaign, which apparently has done uh, worked pretty well against Delta. They've closed their borders. They're concerned there's a possibility that these this constellation of mutations could lead the virus to be able to evade the body's immune response and make it more transmissible. Likely arose, as I mentioned, from a, a single immunocompromised person in South Africa, where there are only 25% of the population vaccinated. And HIV is a, a big issue. In a bid to quickly control the Omicron variant spread, a ministerial committee in Israel leading the country's COVID response decided to ban entry to non-residents on Saturday. In addition, stricter quarantine and testing rules will be imposed on Israelis returning from abroad regardless of vaccination status. According to the Cabinet's decision, all Israelis returning from abroad must quarantine for three days regardless of vaccination status. In addition to a PCR test upon landing, as was required so far, they will need to undergo another one 72 hours later. If both tests return a negative result, they may be released from quarantine. As I've mentioned, there is a temporary ban on non-residents in Israel, which comes less than a month after gates were opened to tourists after more than a year-long hiatus. This new temporary ban will last for two weeks. It also being said by, by uh, observers around the world and experts that travel restrictions are unlikely to stop the variant, uh, but they may buy some time. Uh, and then the question is, what do you do with that time that you've bought by having travel restrictions or other measures like lockdowns, for example, dare I say it. Now, vaccines, three different things are being done simultaneously. 
Tests are being done to existing dosing antibodies in plasma against Omicron. They're testing larger booster dose antibodies in plasma against Omicron. Uh, reconfiguring mRNA vaccines for Omicron on plasma testing. They do this for each named variant as a way to get a quick understanding. So it's early days, but it, it may be that you know in fairly short time they can modify the mRNA vaccine. So that's the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines to better deal with the Omicron variant. And those could be ready in early 2022.